Well, happy Father's Day. I want to say welcome. If you're new with us, I'm Jay. I'm the lead pastor. So glad to have you here. And it is Father's Day, and we are excited uh, to be able to celebrate our Heavenly Father and worship Him together today. Um, and, uh, and it is a, a great thing, as that video said, for uh, dads, for you to be able to be here today. Whether you're here or you're watching online, the example that we are matters. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today, um, for sure. But let me start with this question to ask all of you. How do we change? How do we change when, when it comes to, to us changing as, as we, who we are as a person? When it comes to changing as a follower of Jesus, what does that look like for us? How, how do we change? Is it just some supernatural experience? Is it hypnosis? Is it, uh, you know, what part do we play in our change? Do we have a part to play in that? Because one area that needs to be stressed when we're talking about change is the power of habits. Power of habits and the decisions that we make because habits change us. Habits change us. One of my answers to that question in terms of how do we change would be our habits. Our habits change us. Christian uh, growth is not just about, though, self-discipline. Habits help to instill self-discipline. And they're a powerful part of our change as believers. Absolutely. So what kind of habits do we have? What kind of habits do you have? That's a big part of the overall question that I want to ask all of us today. Not just the dads but everybody. What kind of habits do you have? Because if you change your habits, you'll change your life. I love baseball, and baseball is a game of habits. Absolutely it is. For anyone who has ever played, or maybe you're playing, you know that baseball is a game of habits. And if you have a coach that is teaching you properly, they're gonna teach you good habits. For me, my, my coach was my dad and my grandpa. And they instilled good baseball habits in me. Now, the, um, in terms of the, the actual talent level, that's a whole nother thing. Um, but I do have good habits when it comes uh, to baseball. And, you know, so whether it's something like how you hold the bat and the right way to hold the bat versus how you come through and, and, the, and the right way that your legs should be, whether you're making that triangle with your knee. And for those of you that are baseball players, you know what I'm talking about. Um, even just the habit of where you line up on the plate is a good habit. And it's something that I've tried to instill in my boys. I, I share the you know, love of baseball with my dad and my boys, I get to you know, share that with them and wiffle ball as well. And you can ask them, in fact, they're, they're sitting in here right now, they'll tell you that the reason they line up in the box with the plate, the way that they do is because I told them over and over and over again, where's your spot, where's your spot? Where's your spot? And I would, there's a spot in our backyard where I have like dug like that, like this is where your feet go, boys. Like, and you know, and as they're swinging and I'm throwing pitches and they start stepping out and moving this way and I'm like, you're on top of the plate. What are you doing? Get back to your spot. Where's your spot? Where's your spot? To the point now where I don't even have to say it anymore. They just know. They look down after every swing. Oh, am I in my spot? Am I in my spot? Good habits. And baseball is a game of good habits. And the funny thing about baseball players is those good habits oftentimes turn into weird superstitions because baseball players have some weird superstitions that are habits as well. You know what I'm talking about. You watch the game and every pitch, this guy's like, undo my, undo my glove, undo my glove. And then I'll keep undoing my glove and I'll keep undoing my glove. And all of those things. There was a guy, Mike Hargrove, who used to be the coach of the, um, of the Indians. 
uh, he was known as the human rain delay because he had so many weird habits that he did at the plate that it took like three and a half hours for him to have one at bat. And but we have all these weird habits in baseball, even things like if a pitcher is throwing, you know, a no-hitter, you don't talk to him. You don't talk to him until he gives up the no-hitter or whatever. Uh, you don't step on the foul line when you go onto the field or you come off of the field. As some of you that are baseball players are like shaking your head because you know what I'm talking about. You develop these kind of weird superstitious habits and all of those things. But in the same way, I would argue that our walk with Jesus and the progress of our journey of faith can be traced back to our habits in the same way that you can become a good baseball player because of good habits, you can become a follower of Jesus and we should become a follower of Jesus based on our habits and our good spiritual habits. We've been talking about the idea of I'll wait to do it tomorrow, I'll do it tomorrow. That, that whole procrastination mentality that we're great at as human beings and the difficulties of change in the Christian life really have to do with our procrastination of our sanctification or putting off our growth. And we do that way too often. But the thing that we can count on to happen is change because change is going to happen. Change happens around us whether we like it or not. It is a constant in life that change happens. And we can either accept that and 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 you know, the reality of that and, and adapt as we change and, and with what change is supposed to be or we can fight it kicking and screaming because everything in the Bible, everything that talks about the Christian life has to do with us changing and growing and to become more like Jesus. And so we can either fight that and stick in our good habits that we think are good habits that are actually bad habits or we can develop good spiritual habits that help us to grow. And so let me ask you this question. What are your spiritual habits? What are your spiritual habits? Do you have spiritual habits? I would actually say that you do. Every one of us has spiritual habits. They might be good. They may be non-existing. But you have some kind of spiritual habit. God's word trains us to live right. That, that is one of the intents of God's word, is to train us for right living. And we aren't only told what not to do in the word of God, but we're also told what we should do. We're going to be in the, uh, the book of 1 Timothy, uh, chapter 4 today, is where we're going to camp out all day. And so as you're turning there, if you have your Bibles or the Bible app, you can follow me along there. And Paul is writing a letter to Timothy, Paul now elderly, and the, you know, the, the man of wisdom who is pouring into the younger uh, church leader. And that's where we're going to start here because he's going to tell him some very interesting things because he says that Christians, we should train ourselves for godliness and what that really means for us. So I want to start in verse 6, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. You can follow along with me here. So if you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good minister of Christ Jesus, nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching that you have followed. Now, context. He is telling Timothy and trying to pour into him, this young church leader, how to, be, uh, how to be set up for success for the church that he is leading spiritually. And he says that the pastor's job is primarily instruction of the church. And if the minister doesn't instruct the church in these things, then it's really hard to be a good minister of Jesus. And he talks about being nourished on the truths of the faith and of the good teaching or the doctrine 
which you have followed. And so for Timothy to be a good minister of Jesus, he has to remain anchored into the word of God and carefully following the good teaching. And so the takeaway for all of us in this is that we should all be anchored in the word of God for the mission. Because all of us are leaders. While yes, this is talking specifically to a leader, and yeah, for me as the pastor, I've got a certain takeaway on this one that you may not. However, we are all leaders in some way, shape, or form. You have somebody that you have influence over in your life. They may be sitting next to you. They, they may not be here, but at the same time, all of us as followers of Jesus are leaders in some way, shape, or form, and you have influence. But you understanding and knowing the good news of Jesus and following him and not having good spiritual habits is going to influence your influence, whether you're going to be able to have good influence. And so it's no wonder that we don't share with people around us if we don't have good spiritual habits. And it's important to say also that the instruction that he's talking about here can be understood in a, in a much more broad sense than just say here, like a classroom setting or, or preaching uh, you know, on Sunday. Jesus actually instructed his disciples, don't miss this, he instructed his disciples with his presence, with his life, with his practice, as well as with his words. It wasn't just standing up and talking to them. He poured into them with his presence. Guys, dads, look at me. Listen, we need to instruct with our presence, with our presence more than we do with our words. Moms, same thing. Anybody of influence, you can lead and point to the fullness of living a life for Jesus through our physical example and the presence that we have in a way that is so much more impactful than just our words. The priority has to be, though, on God's word. Because when it does come back to words, it can't be our words. It can't be the words of man. It's got to be the words of God. And Paul cautioned Timothy, told him to keep focused on the word. Keep focused on the word of God, not on the things that come from man, but focused on the word of God because our greatest efforts should be put there. And considering God's word is alive, let me encourage you to grow the habit of living out the word of God. So how? How do we do that? Let's keep reading. Verse seven, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. This is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. So in the ancient Greek and Roman culture, uh, there was a very high value on physical exercise. Very high value on that. And Paul tells Timothy that the same work and commitment that is put into uh, physical exercise should be put toward godliness, if not more so. Said differently, physical exercise is good for a while. And it is, it's good. I'm not saying you shouldn't. The Bible's not saying you shouldn't exercise physically. We should take care of the temple that God has given us, no doubt. But it's only good for a while. These bodies are feeble and fall apart. We all know that. But exercising unto godliness, that is good for eternity. That is good for eternity. And godliness doesn't, doesn't make this life the most comfortable. It doesn't make, make you the richest or the most, you know, have the most pleasure or, or even the easiest life here and now. But 
it undeniably makes it the best and the most content and the most fulfilling life that you can have in this world. Connecting to Christ, community, and purpose is found in, in godliness. And godliness, it is though, I will say this and hear what I'm saying carefully, it is the only guarantee of a profitable life according to God's standards. Jay didn't just say you're gonna be rich. A profitable life according to God's standards and for the life that is to come. Right? There are tons of pleasures, tons of achievements that this world has to offer that don't pretend to offer anything for the life that is to come. And we put so much time and effort into those, don't we? But you know what? Godliness has value for all things. All things. Whatever the thing that you're thinking about, godliness has value for that. All things means all things. Only godliness is the path to eternal life and to joy and to contentment in this life and in the next. Sin offers nothing of the life to come. Offers nothing for that, for the life that is to come. Your social status offers nothing for the life to come. Success in business and wealth offers nothing for the life to come. You can't take any of it with you. Personal fame or, or beauty, being an Instagram influencer, that offers nothing for the life to come, right? PhDs, college degrees offer nothing for the life to come. And I'm, and I'm not saying any of those things necessarily are, are bad. I mean, maybe a little bit. But, um, but at the same time, godliness added to those things can have so much more influence. Godliness brings value and purpose to all things. Why? Because our life decisions are going to be based on the principles of God's word rather than our own opinions or our own feelings. Because as we know, those things fail us. And when we do things God's way, when we establish godly habits, we find that our life situations are better, our life choices are better, our relationships are better, our finances are better, doesn't mean that everything is great all the time because we're still sinful people surrounded by sinful people who make sinful choices. But the habits that we have affect the decisions that we make in a godly way or in a not-so-godly way. See, we're creatures of habit. We are all creatures of habit. I look around here, I stand up here and look at you guys every single week, and I can tell where most of you are going to sit every single week. And that's okay. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But like literally, some of you are like, yeah, this is my seat every single week. And you may not say that out loud, but that's kind of the truth, you know? I moved some chairs in a particular spot that I won't point out. And some people were like, why did you move my row? <laughs> and, and so I had to explain it a little bit. Um, or not. But the thing is, we're creatures of habit, and that's okay. Like I sit in the same spot every, I sit right there before I come up, you know what I mean? So it's okay to be creatures of habit. Philosopher James Smith said this, our wants and our longings and desires are at the core of our identity, the wellspring from which our actions and behavior flow. So what forms our longings and our desires? Our habits. Our habits do. Our daily habits must be shaped by the spiritual disciplines that really recalibrate our hearts to the things that God desires. Look at uh, Colossians chapter 3. It says this, Do not lie to each other, 
since you've taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator, the old self left behind, the new self that we find in Jesus because we know that the old self isn't doing us any good. So we take that off, as it's saying, and we're putting on the new self. And that is implying this renewed in knowledge. It infers a process. It's inferring a process that takes time. And it takes time every day. The putting on of the new self is a direct result, though, hear me on this, on the spiritual habits that you have established or not. So let's talk about spiritual habits, right? There's, there's prayer, there's reading God's word, there's praise and worship, which we're going to be talking about next week. Uh, Pastor Randy's going to be speaking about that next week, uh, exclusively about praise and worship. It's going to be great. You don't want to miss it. Um, but there are other disciplines as well that shape our habits and, and train our lives for godliness, and those are all great things. These are great things that we should do, for sure. But what about your spiritual habits? What about, what about the ones that you have right now? Because we can have good ones, and we can have bad ones. We can have bad ones. Good ones, they can lead us to experiencing and understanding, uh, you know, the presence of God in our life and his will for us and, and his ways for our life. Bad ones, they find us misunderstanding life circumstances or even just straight up missing what God is doing in the moment because our radar is not even up. Non-existent spiritual habits are not good spiritual habits because we can have the habit of not having a habit and that's a tough habit to break. It's the truth. So what are some good habits? What are some good habits that can help you connect to Jesus more? I want to keep it simple. I could give you a list of a bunch, but I want to keep it really simple, and I, and I want to laser in really on just the two that Jesus emphasized the most, and that was prayer and reading his word. Prayer and reading his word. I gave us all a couple of weeks ago when we started this series, I, I gave us a challenge. What if you could say by September 1st that you were closer to the Lord on September 1st than you were the day that I kind of started that challenge. What would you need to do to get there? For one, you don't procrastinate. You don't put off to tomorrow what you can do today. And you develop good spiritual habits. And you start, I would suggest, you would start with these two. Because if you do these two things every day, and we just keep it simple here, a habit of prayer and reading his word every day, I promise you, you will see a difference by September 1st if you do these things every day. Or, or you can do it tomorrow. You can wait till tomorrow and find yourself in the same place that you were yesterday. Do you want to be able to handle the ups and downs of life? I, I know you do. We all do. It starts here. It starts here. Dads, do you want to be prepared to lead your family and point them to Jesus the way that we're called to with a godly wisdom when times get tough? Because they will. If they're not tough right now, they will be at some point. You start here, you're going to be miles ahead. You're going to be miles ahead when those moments hit. I'm not saying it's going to necessarily make them easier, but it certainly isn't going to make them harder. And you're going to be more prepared to lean in to Jesus in those times. Get into God's word. Be a person of prayer. Make a habit of those two things, and you will be miles ahead, like I said. Why? 
Why can I say that? Because those are two of the three main ways that we connect to God and that God speaks to us. The other is through godly people. And those godly people that you surround yourself with, they need to have these habits as well. Or I would argue as to whether they qualify as godly people if they don't have these habits. And so what's a great way to surround ourselves with godly people and to be encouraged in all of that? Sure, attending church, having the habit of attending church and coming together like this, for sure, absolutely. But it can't be just, it can't be just that. What about life groups? What about getting involved in a life group and connecting with people on a weekly basis outside of here? There's a lot of value that can be added to that. What a great habit that can be to just learn and grow together as followers of Jesus. I want you to think about this for a minute. I'm sure we all know somebody who's like ridiculously talented at something. Just really awesome. Maybe it's the musician who that you know that seems to be able to like play an instrument like it's an extension of their body. You know, my brother-in-law, Dust, who plays guitars, he's one of those people. He's ridiculous. Um, he's amazing. You guys get to hear him and, and watch him every week, and he's awesome. Um, what, about the, uh, what about the person that can make like the one-handed catch? You see those people that are just like ridiculous athletes. I'm telling you, both of those kinds of people, Dust doesn't just make the stuff up when he gets up here. It's years of practice. People that can have those like one-handed catches that are awesome, you think those are just like out of nowhere? Take a look at this. That's ridiculous. Absolutely. And Grant, I know it's Odell, so forgive me. But that doesn't change the fact that that was a ridiculously awesome catch. It might be the best catch we'll ever see in my lifetime, in all honesty. But it wasn't luck. It wasn't just luck. It was actually the result of his habits. And you know how I know? Because I want you to look at this next video. Take a look at this. This is Odell's warm-ups before every game. This is what he does before every single game. Yeah, he had practiced one-handed catches over and over and over again. And then he lays down like this and has a guy throw missiles at his head from 10 feet away. And I cut this video short, but you'll see, tell me if he misses one, because he doesn't. And this video went on for another couple minutes. I mean, he probably had 30 balls thrown at him, like super hard, just like that. And he doesn't miss one of them. So was that catch just ridiculous luck, or was it a result of his habits? 
It was something he had practiced over and over and over. Now, not exactly like that, but good grief. All of the things that he had done, you see those warm-ups, and now you go back and watch that catch, and does it surprise you? After seeing the way that he practices and warms up, that catch just seemed natural because it, it came from a form of practice that he did, and he made it a habit. So why should we develop spiritual habits that help us grow? I'll tell you why, because we are creatures of habit. Because we are creatures of habit. Your spiritual habits, don't miss this, your spiritual habits will make living for Jesus seem like a miracle catch to some people. But it's just natural for you. Because your spiritual habits have put you in that place. Last verse I want to read in this passage in Timothy is verse 10. In Timothy 4.10, it says, That is why we labor and strive, because we have put our hope in the living God, who is the Savior of all people, and especially of those who believe. This is why. This is why, because of the hope that we have in him, this is why we have spiritual practices. This is why we labor and strive. Labor and strive, man, those two words are really talking about almost going to the place of exhaustion to where we are striving for the goal that God has given us because of the hope that we have in him and the living hope of Jesus Christ. No one, no one would argue with me that this world is broken and that we are broken. Absolutely. And as we grow and we walk in our relationship with Jesus, he changes us from the inside out. He changes us as we grow in our spiritual practices and we see, we see the things that he desires become our desires. We see his heart becomes our heart. The things that we want end up being the things that he wants. And it may not seem like that right now, but as you grow in your relationship with him, you'll find those things change and, and into your heart aligning with his. And how does that happen? Our habits, our spiritual habits. So our perspective changes. Our values end up lining up with his values. And that brings us contentment that you can't find anywhere else. That brings you joy that you can't find anywhere else. Peace that you can't find anywhere else. Knowing that our purpose is found in him. In the right here and right now. So the connection point for the day. Is that spiritual habits fuel your change and your growth. If you're not seeing change and growth in your walk with Jesus, then I would be willing to bet your spiritual habits are virtually non-existent. So don't wait until tomorrow. Start and developing spiritual habits today, now. Our, our growth is, is cultivated through our spiritual habits. And they don't generally happen overnight. Growth and change, it doesn't happen overnight. Like, like I was saying before, there's no microwave that you can just hit the button and go, and now I'm changed. It, it's a process that happens over time. It doesn't change us into perfect people. We're, we're not perfect people, but over time, these habits start to become second nature. We begin to see the change in our lives from the inside out. And if we wait until tomorrow, well... Tomorrow never actually arrives, does it? So let's start building habits now. Let's start building habits now. And if you already have good habits, awesome. That's great. Keep it up. Maybe even add to them. 
Will you bow your heads with me? Jesus loves you so much. He loves you too much to let you stay where you are. He loves you right where you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay there. He wants you to grow and to change, to be more godly because that has value for all things now and forever. Listen, he wants to bless you. He wants his best for you, his best for you. He is for you today. Listen, he didn't wait till tomorrow to give his life for everyone. He didn't put that off. He did that so that we could have eternal life and know that we're going to have eternal life and that we can have life to the fullest today in the here and now. If that sounds like good news to you, and it should, to anyone and everyone, you want to know for sure that you have the good news of Jesus? We'd love to talk to you. We've got people in yellow lanyards. You can come talk to me, talk to Pastor Trav, Pastor Randy. We'd love to to pray with you and show you how you can know for sure that you're going to have eternal life. And for the rest of us, I, I hope that you're challenged to start creating some habits because it has value for all things. So would you commit that to God even now? Commit to God that you're going to start a new spiritual habit today, even if, it's, even if it's really a simple one, maybe in your mind. But I hope that it involves prayer and involves getting into God's word every day. Heavenly Father, I love you, I praise you, and I thank you so much that you tell us the things that we need to hear. Lord, I know that some of us needed to hear something like this today. I pray that we would all take this challenge seriously, that we would really take a hard look at our spiritual habits, or maybe our lack thereof, and commit to changing. Commit to applying more of them because godliness has value for all things. Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you as Savior, maybe they've heard this a hundred times. Today might be the day that it makes sense. So I pray that your spirit would move, would push them to have a conversation with somebody. Maybe even jump out of their seat here right now and, and, and talk to someone. Holy Spirit, I pray you would continue to move through this place. Challenge us, change us. We love you. We thank you for the cross. We thank you that you conquered death and hell and sin and that you're alive and you're coming back for us one day and we can't wait for that. Thank you for being our heavenly Father and everything that that means. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.